Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 176. We're recording this live Friday afternoon. That's April 4th. 2014. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And with me, as usual, it's Asif Khan from the Location-Based Marketing Association. And yes, it is April 4th, home opener for the Toronto Blue Jays, New York Yankees tonight. It's going to be amazing. Oh, what a big week. Uh, you know, Asif, I um, I got to say, uh, spring has sprung in this city. We had one day. It was a gorgeous day on Monday of this past week. Uh, and then it started to snow again in Ottawa. Oh. And it is frigid freaking cold. And I was speaking with yeah. somebody from Seattle yesterday. And they said, I took a picture. I was complaining about my snowbanks. And here's what puts you in your place. I said, I took a picture of my snowbanks. And I sent them off to, uh, to her. And she said, uh, hey, listen, pal. It's sunny. Don't complain. So I guess everybody has their ills and their woes, right? But man, oh yeah, man. I mean, we we, we uh, I was in LA for the first part of the week. By the way, great event, the Mobile Media Summit. Uh, Power and Johar and his whole team that put that thing together. Fantastic turnout, great content. So well done there. So I was in the warmth for a couple of days. Came back and we don't have snow like Ottawa, but we have rain. Um, and at least it's getting warmer. At least yeah. it's getting warmer. That's all I gotta say. Well, it's a good thing that the stadium is uh, a retractable roof at the Rogers Center, so that the game will go on regardless. Regardless. So you were in LA. What's what else is going on for the Location-Based Marketing Association? You're traveling. You're going to Spain. You're going some. You're always going someplace warm, aren't you? <laughs> well, usually I don't yeah. know. Um, the, uh, for April, for the most part, I'm uh, I'm around actually, which is kind of cool. I uh, got a little bit of stuff I'm doing in, in Nashville uh, the, the next week, I guess, on the 15th, 16th. So I'll be over there for a day, a couple of days, then I'm in Dallas. Um, but none of these are, are LBMA things. They're just events that I'm, uh, I'm participating in. But, yeah, the big stuff for us is May. Uh, all all kind of you know kicks into high gear in May again. So uh, we've got a New York chapter event on the uh, 7th of May. Um, and that's all about luxury retail and, and location. Um, so that'll be really interesting. And then uh, the 7th to 9th in Atlanta, uh, BIA Kelsey has their event leading in local. So I'll be down there um, speaking at that on the, uh, on the 9th as well. And then the following week on the 13th, don't miss this, uh, May the 13th, the Solomo Summit in Madrid. It's the second year. I'm it's coming. Gonna I'm coming. Killer. It's going to be killer. You coming? I'd love to. I'm done. <laughs> you should do it. Um, yeah, it's going to be an amazing, amazing event. Um, so lots going on. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, and then, you know, it just keeps rolling from there. We'll leave it at that for now. That's that's enough. I mean, I, I get a break from this weather at the end of this month. I get to go and I'm so honored actually to be uh, speaking at uh, uh, a BuzzCon, which is the BuzzTouch, uh, you know, a, um, annual meeting. And I, I can't, I, I'm, I'm ecstatic to do it. One, because it's Vegas and it's hot. But that takes a backseat because uh, I love what these guys are doing. So if you can make it out there or if you're in Vegas and I, I want to get together with you while I'm there. I'm only there for a, sh a very short period of time. But that's uh, I'm going to be there on the 25th and 26th of April. Uh, so please reach out, robinontether.tv. If you're going to be there, I'd love to have a conversation with you. Um, and if you're not going to be at uh, BuzzCon, then at least we can see if we can connect while, while I'm in Vegas. Yeah, that's it for me. Sounds good. Not as glorious as Spain. It's all good, but all, all the cultures, all the cultures, kind of come together in Vegas, don't they? You got the like, you got the Taj Mahal, and then you've got the, uh, you know, you've got the uh, the, Eiffel the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all good. I don't have to go anywhere. I just have to go to Vegas. You can see it all in Vegas. All right. Well, we had a busy week last week. Some really great stories. Some of them that uh, you know reflect uh, the the beginning of the baseball season. Some of them, uh, you know, uh, we we question um, their validity. However, there are ten of these stories that Asif has culled together. We are going to go through them. We've chosen our three that we're going to discuss. Uh, we also have a resource of the weekend. We have a great guest. His name is Rafi. He is the founder and the CEO of a company called Sense. We've talked about their product, Mother, before on this show. I just got a little bit of a clip of him. It's jam, jam, jam show. And we're always going to kick this off, as we usually do, with Chuck Martin and our Mobile Minute. Here's Chuck. It's time for another Mobile Minute. Here are your hosts, Bob Woodbridge and Chuck Martin. Welcome back to another Mobile Minute. How big is the gap between what smartphone shoppers can do versus what they actually do? 
Uh, it's quite a large gap, it turns out. Uh, there, there's a new study out that shows that when, when people are using mobile for product research, 73% uh, are using a traditional search engine, 33% go to a specific site, and only a quarter, 24%, are using apps. And this is a study by the e-tailing group. They found that, that uh, with half are resign, relying for search results in terms of influencing the decision. So these search, it's not just they're, they're searching, they're actually using the search result in terms of their purchase decision. And they surveyed, it was more than 1,200 smartphone owners completed in the, in the month of March uh, with 54% male, 46% uh, female. It skewed somewhat higher for iPhone, which is not the, 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 the demographic, in, at least in the U.S. market. So take that into consideration. And the, the study found that the, the top concerns of people who are not shopping in a store, uh, security, 44%, they don't want to buy in a store on their mobile device, 37%, 36% privacy, 27% stores where I shop are not suited to accept payments, so part of it's on the part of the retailer. 20% are nervous about trying because they have no experience. So there's really quite a long ways to go. In terms of who they trust uh, for their mobile wallet, uh, nobody has dominant share, no one has majority, but in order they are Visa, PayPal, Apple, Amazon, Amex, American Express, Google, MasterCard, and then tying MasterCard are people who simply don't care. Uh, so take that for, for what it's worth. Uh, th this was research sponsored by the local corporation, and they, they basically were looking for what, what are the gaps in the marketplace. All right. Is it, is it more important that consumers trust the payment systems or the brands they're buying from? Well, other research has shown that, that it's really that the, they will actually buy from the brands. And the, the, the reality is the, the, the big issue is always security. And it's really perception of security versus real security. A lot of these companies are, are secure, but they're, they're, the, the consumers are still quite scared. And that is Chuck Martin. Uh, that is the Mobile Minute. We do that every single day on untether.tv. You can subscribe there. We appreciate that Chuck allows us to use this here. And of course, I love the fact that Chuck does this with me each and every week. And uh, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Chuck. All right. On with the stories. Asif, story number All one. All right. Our first story for the week is uh, comes to us from the Fabergé Egg Company. Uh, these guys, you know, everybody, you know, you see in the movies all these fancy, uh, you know, jewel-encrusted Fabergé eggs, um, you know, from ancient times and, 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 and modern times, I guess, too. But, uh, yeah, so they've launched, as Easter is fast approaching, the Fabergé Big Egg Hunt in New York City. It is the first time it's been in New York City. It's been twice in London before. Um, and basically, New Yorkers can, you know, go around the city and try and find these hidden Fabergé eggs. Um, and what's interesting about it is they've, they've made it a little bit different this year. It's not just trying to find the egg and take a photo of it and all of that. They've, they've been working with Nomi, a company we've been talking about on the show before. And so they've got beacon technology built into these eggs. And so there's a smartphone app that you download and, and you use to for your search. And as you're getting closer to the eggs, it tells you that you're getting hotter or you're getting colder or, you know, what have you. So it's it's kind of interesting. Obviously, the beacon technology is just part of that to enable that. All of this is for charity. Uh, and so they're supporting uh, something called the Elephant Family, which protects Asian, uh, Asian elephants, and the Agnes uh, Gun Studio, uh, which is a school uh, in New York City. Um, and so uh, as, uh, as, as, brand, as, as people are connecting with this, uh, you know they're they're going to have a chance to uh, to support these charities. Saks Fifth Avenue is a big part of this. They're the uh, the official uh, uh, sponsor, if you will, or re or brand that's uh, that's putting up some cash. And the eggs um, that uh, once they're found will be auctioned off as well to raise additional money. So uh, and there's jewelry you can win and all kinds of crazy stuff in here. So uh, if you're in New York, go on the Fabergé egg hunt. You know, I'm going to say that this isn't as interesting to me as what uh, Google did on April Fool's Day with the hunt and find the Pokemon around the world from Google Maps, yes. right? Yes. That's much more interesting. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Didn't didn't make the cut for the stories, but uh, yeah. I think Fabergé is a bigger brand uh, than the the Pokemon. Yeah. And, and while we're on the April Fool's thing, just one little <laughs> uh, thing. Uh, my good friend uh, Schneider Mike over at uh, Skyhook uh, came out with their, uh, their April Fool's this week, which is a chocolate bar with some sensors embedded in it and you eat this chocolate bar and then basically, you know, you can be tracked and, and, and we know everything about you and it's, you know, it's kind of cool. You know? 
Snob Schneider Mike. Edible, edible eye beacons. <clears throat> edible eye beacons from Schneider Mike and the Skyhook people. Oh yes. my God. All right, our second story. Uh, this is uh, involves NPR and using uh, voice recognition ads from a company called XApp Media or Zap Media. However we pronounce it, I'm sorry. We, one of those has got to be right. It's uh, XAPP Media. Uh, th these are running the voice ads. They realize very quickly that this doesn't work when you play ads that are, uh, you know, banner ads when you basically play your music or your NPR radio in the background. So uh, I think that this is interesting. It's very similar to traditional ads, but the only difference is that there's a prompt for a response from the listener. And uh, based on that response, the ad initiates an action. So for example, this is an ad for uh, a lumber store running um, on NPR right now. We're going to listen to this and we'll come right back. Dow's up 28 points. This is NPR. Support for NPR comes from Lumber Liquidators, hardwood, bamboo, and cork flooring with a Floor Finder app for iPad and iPhone. To download the app now, at the tone, say, Download App. Download App. The Floor Finder app will be on your screen and ready to download momentarily. So that's what it looks like. You know, you basically, it asks you if you're interested and if you, based on your response, you talk into it, uh, you get, uh, you either go to a website, you download an app, there's a whole bunch of different options. We'll be talking about this a little bit later in the show. Early tests showed very positive results. My only wonder is it, is it, is it going to get really, 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 really hard now to spot the crazies out there? We're all talking to ourselves these days. It's true. Yeah. If you want any more information, go to XAPP Media or Zap Media, XAPPmedia.com. And we'll be talking about this just in just a few minutes. Stick around. Here you go. Our third story is uh, about a company we've talked about before called Mobiquity Networks. Uh, Michael Trapetta and his whole team that uh, got, I got to spend some time with a little while back. Um, but uh, these guys are one of the big players in um, you know, enabling shopping malls and, and retail environments uh, with uh, Bluetooth uh, beacon technology. And they came out this week with a SDK that uh, basically allow any retailer or brand to kind of build a, you know, this capability into their own app. Um, so, you know, I, obviously, I, you, you know, I'm a big fan of, uh, anytime you have SDKs and APIs, uh, around this stuff and, and enabling third parties to, uh, simply integrate it as opposed to trying to build your own, uh, you know, network. And, and these guys do have a network. They, they built a, a substantial network, uh, already, uh, 15,000 storefronts, 13,000 or 13 or 3,000, sorry, retailers. So they do have a network. But I think when you try to move beyond the network, it's great to uh, you know enable others to uh, to use your you, you know your smarts, if you will, uh, by opening up an SDK. So Mobiquity Networks. I, I like that play. I really do. The fact that they've uh, that they've established a network and that's the value that they they provide. So mm -hmm. MobiquityNetworks.com. All right. Take me out to the ball game, baby. As you said, it's opening weekend. This has been opening week for baseball, for Major League Baseball. If you're a baseball fan like myself and Asif, it is the best time of the year simply because we're nursing the fact that maybe our hockey teams won't make the playoffs. So I got to replace it with something. And that is baseball. And I don't know if you've ever heard of Major League Baseball Advanced Media, MLBAM.com. These guys are absolutely awesome. They're in charge of the MLB.tv application. They're the ones who do all the streaming, all of, they do everything. And this is a, I think it's around a $500 million business for Major League Baseball now. Uh, and, and these guys are incredible as a service. So they've launched their latest incarnation of their At The Ballpark app for baseball fans. Uh, there's a whole bunch of things uh, that are very location specific uh, inside of it. I'm going to run through them very quickly. We're going to talk about them a little bit long later in the show as well. Mm -hmm. But the first one is uh, you can customize your in-venue fan experience. So this is where you get the exclusive video highlights. You actually can do your mobile food, beverage, and merchandising order ordering, which is not really unique, but still part of a part of this whole location specific. It gets a little bit more unique as I go here. Second thing is a, a map quest integration. Now the first thing you're probably asking yourself is. MapQuest is still in existence? Yes, they are. Uh, and, and they're an LPMA member. Exactly. I did not know that. My apologies. Um, but MapQuest, uh, they're, they're integrating uh, for uh, basically right now for locating the baseball park, for rerouting around traffic and, and congestion to get people to the game on time. 
And there's also uh, they're doing some customized branding inside of the mobile uh, inside of their mobile app, the MapQuest application. So this is going to be like things like favorite team colors, and yeah, I guess you can replace your car with uh, your favorite team logo, and then downloading some uh, background images for your phone. So that's pretty cool. And the last thing we've talked about this, we just touched on this a couple of times, where, where we saw at City Field to begin with was the, the iBeacon technology integration. Major League Baseball has completed the installation of iBeacons in 20 ballparks with dozens of iBeacons throughout the uh, stadiums. And uh, they've been doing this for the last two months. So starting now with, with 20 teams, there, the stadiums are iBeacon enabled, so they'll be able to basically check in without, uh, you know, through the iBeacons, automatically check into every game and receive exclusive offers while they're there, among other things. If you want some more information, go to MLBAM.com. It has all of the lists of the things that they're doing. God, I heart MLB. I heart these guys who are doing this, the Advanced Media Group. I just love what they're doing. This is a prototypical company of the future when it comes to what they're doing here. So MLBAM.com. I heart you. Hmm. Our fifth story uh, comes out of a, a group uh, at the National Taiwan University uh, who've developed something called Gauss Bricks. Um, and these are really interesting. I am fascinated with this technology. And so basically they've been looking at, you know, the sort of development of touchscreen technology and how we interact with devices uh, and have said, you know, we need to bring some more tactility into the mix. We need to, you know, create... Uh, what they call create real analogs for virtual objects uh, such as pong paddles or springs and even animate those creatures in real time is how they describe this. And there's a video that, uh, that we'll, we'll play here um, that you can see this but this is all about uh, and the, the reason they're called Gauss bricks is uh, they're named after uh, Friedrich Gauss uh, who's the German scientist who uh, uh, basically created the unit of measure around magnetic flux um, and so these are all uh, magnetic. Uh, it's kind of it's, it's it's like looking at um, what are those blocks called that the kids play with, Rob? Not Lego. Lego. No, no, not oh, Lego. Connects, connects, connects blocks. Yeah, it's like they, they look like connects blocks, but they're magnetic, and you can and and you can you can create actions with them. There's you can create a spring actions and different things, but then you can drop them on a screen, right? And then things can like you can build shapes and 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 using the magnetic properties of these blocks, content on a screen can 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 flow. In and out and around these these blocks and, and using the magnetic flux, awesome awesome stuff. And the last comment I'll make is when I saw this, because of the way my mind works and and what we do at the LBMA, I started immediately thinking about all the digital out of home screen stuff, interactive stuff that we see. You know, we talk about on this show every week, and I'm sitting there going, we got to get these Gauss bricks guys working with you know CBS Outdoor or Captivate or one of these guys, and we got to get some tests going. So if you're listening to this, people, <laughs> you LBMA members out there, you out of home people, call us. We'll connect you up and let's get a project going with Gauss bricks and uh, and, and these Taiwan uh, folks. This is amazing stuff. Very cool. I, I liked it as well. I like the the virtual pong you'll see in that video. So amazing stuff. All right, our uh, our sixth story. Uh, hey, you know what? Could this finally be a great use for Foursquare? Print. A London-based company called Minified has created an offline version of Foursquare as a deck of cards called Telescope Cards. You can get some more information at telescopecards.com. The way it works is very, very simple. Each deck consists of 25 cards, and each card is a specific place. Now, that those 25 places are created through a list either you've created, curated on, uh, on Foursquare, or somebody else has done it on your behalf, and this becomes a printed itinerary of your trip. And it even includes the tips. So if anybody has included any tips in those locations, they are printed on these cards. It'll run you 15 pounds per deck, which, by the way, is cheaper than the roaming charges that you would have to pay in order to be able to use Foursquare in real life while you are there. Telescopecards.com. Interesting. Yeah. One comment on that, by the way. It, so I love it, by the way. I love that when you take, you know, sort of mobile online stuff and you create an offline use case uh, for it in the physical world. Amazing. Uh, and if you want something similar to this, and we've talked about, we talked about this in the show maybe a year ago, uh, KLM did a project called Must See Map, um, and you, you basically went to a website uh, uh, and you said, you know, here's where I'm traveling on KLM, I'm going right. to you know, Rome, and then it pulled all your Facebook and LinkedIn friends who've been there, and then what they saw while they were there, and then created an actual map of, of places that you should see based on that data, uh, and then they actually printed that as a physical map and mailed it to That's you. Right. 
Um, and so that's what this reminded me of when I saw telescope cards. So I love this stuff. You know, I, I interviewed uh, a man by the name of Yuhan, uh, and and he uh, is the chief creative officer at some at a place called Involution Studios. And he sent me these, which are health axioms. And and uh, I think we're starting to see a trend here around around these things. Um, and, and what he's done is they're basically, you know, how we have all these applications like Lyft and these things that are supposed to help us change our behaviors, right? And, uh, yeah. and what, what they've basically done is they've created these cards with all of those health axioms, the things that we know that we should do, like get more sleep, right? Mm -hmm. Like exercise more, like quit smoking, like drink water. And they have all these little comments on the back and, and they're supposed to be... Um, you know, help you change your behaviors through these decks of cards. And so I love this whole uh, simplification translation from digital into print. So maybe I like, uh, you know, Minified's uh, resources and the thing that KLM did, th these are customized services that uh, add a layer of, of simplicity to this technology. Yeah. I could see this working out pretty well. You have to use Foursquare though, that's a problem. And I, I don't. Hmm. All right. Go to uh, telescopecards.com for more information. And if you'd like to know about these things, um, you can go to healthaxioms.com. Health, A-X-I-O-M-S.com. If you're interested. Nice. All right. All right. Our seventh story comes from Romania uh, and Coca-Cola, specifically in Romania. They've been working with uh, their agency over there, which is uh, McCann Bucharest. Uh, and they've created a app, uh, and Coke creates lots of apps all over the place, but uh, this one's kind of unique. It's called Radar for Good, R-A-D-A-R. Uh, and it's all about helping the citizens of, of uh, Bucharest and Romania in general to um, you know, use their location and to find nearby uh, local volunteer opportunities. Um, so it scans your location, it brings up NGOs, soup kitchens, orphanages, libraries, uh, whatever it is, you know these agencies that need help, and you can you can you know find these things uh, based on your location and go and contribute your time or your money or whatever it is that you want to do. Um, so you know, simple, cool, uh, and brought to you by Coca-Cola Romania. Coca-Cola, these guys, so innovative, all over the place. Yeah, wonder if that would work here. All these ideas, amazing stuff. All right, our eighth story. Speaking of privacy. Were we? I'm not sure. Speaking of data, we've always talked about this whole concern around what people are doing with our data and how the data is being shared and served. And there's you know many stories around there. So the, the, this is something about, we're talking about the launch of something called the good data. This is a very unique uh, initiative. Uh, I'm not sure if it's gonna work or not. It's in beta right now, but uh, there will be a link in the show notes here on untether.tv. This is episode number, uh, what is it? Number 176. 176. Yeah. That uh, links to their uh, presentation that gives a great uh, deal of, uh, of detail. But uh, just the, the top level, if I look at this, it's, it's something that we worry about our data and how our data is shared. So what the good data is, is a platform that will help people enjoy the benefits of being owners of their data, sharing their data, but basically it being controlled by one location. So if I want to share my data, it can it will come from the good data, the organization, and it will be anonymized and it will be protected. And I will be able to be in total control of who sees my data, when and where. Um, so this is also about advertising. So you know it'll control the advertising that I see based on my preferences. So it, it really is about giving the power of the data, our own data, back to us, right? So when I'm in Ikea and they ask me my postal code, I've said this before, my zip code, I say, what's in it for me? Yep. I'm helping you. You're not helping me. I'm not giving you any information because there's value in data. So this really does, you know, um, help that. And it encapsulates it into this thing called the good data. And what I like about this really is that the data isn't owned by a corporation. So the good data is owned by the people who put the data in. It's a UK registered cooperative. So nobody owns the data except for the people who actually put the data in. In, which is a very unique approach. Again, Amazing. show notes, take a look at this presentation. It's much longer than we have time for here, but it's called The Good Data and it's in beta. The good we'll, data we'll talk beta. about it a bit, a bit, bit more on yeah. the uh, back end. So. Yeah, very, 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 very cool. 
There we go. All right, our ninth story, which is really two stories in one. It's a it's a uh, catch up on some funding that happened this week. So the first is uh, a company called Alignable, A-L-I-G-N-A-B-L-E. Um, CEO is a guy named Eric Groves. This guy is well-known in, in the industry. He was uh, forever uh, one of the, the top guys at Constant Contact. Um, and he left to, to create Alignable. And basically, Alignable is a platform for small businesses to find other small businesses based on their location uh, near them that uh, they can partner with and market uh, to each other's common customer uh, databases through email lists and through social followings. So the exa- one example that was given is um, you know, uh, you know, a business uh, that sells sporting equipment might find another business on the platform that rents sporting equipment. Uh, and they can partner up with each other and, and obviously target each other's customers because, you know, that makes sense. Um, and, and so they raised $3.54 million this week. Um, and, um, yeah, I think this is a really interesting idea. Very interesting. Alignable.com, right? Yes. Yeah. And yeah. then the second second funding story is uh, about our good friends at Lyft, L-Y-F-T, which is one of the uh, many companies in the uh, uh, car... I don't know, hailing, ride-sharing, ride-sharing yeah. world. Uh, so they raised a whack of money, $250 million uh, this week um, with some new investors. They've got uh, Kochu Alibaba is in this and Third Point, uh, along with uh, some of their original investors as well, uh, are re-upped in this one. But uh, $250 bucks. they, they want to grow. They want to expand into other markets. They want to go international. They're in 30 cities right now. Uh, in two years, so that's pretty good. Um, and now they got a whack of cash to uh, to go bigger, so they we'll can see get how sued. They do. Yeah, I mean, this is <laughs> they're going to run into the same challenges that Uber did around the cabbing, uh, the cab industry, or the taxi industry. But two hundred fifty million bucks, good, good God, that's a lot of money. Yeah. All right, our last story before we jump into a uh, you know our guest and uh, and go into a little bit of a deep dive. Uh, this is the launch of something called High Co. High dot co. Uh, the way that it's described is a community of writers, journalists, bloggers, illustrators, photographers, travelers, poets, and musicians exploring the world and sharing those explorations through images and text. To me, it seems a little bit like blogger or medium. And uh, basically, the the really unique thing around location is that if you choose somebody who is in a city, it it, it geolocates it, so it gives you uh, other in uh, you know um, entries from other people who are in those cities. It's a very beautiful, beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. uh, you know interface. Very simple, seamless to use. It's a web and mobile. Um, but but I really can't help but think that this is just another platform like. Early, early blogger, but more so now medium as a as a as a point, and also verging on the comp- competing with trying to compete with things like Instagram and a little bit of Facebook or Vine. Um, I'm not I'm not sold on this, but it's beautiful. What yeah, else? great uh, great design. Yeah, uh, whoever did that for them, but it's uh, it's amazing. Hi dot co. That's H I dot C O. And, and as I said, the location piece is that you you can just tie a string around a city, and and you'll be able to see uh, what other content is being produced in the city in real time. And and that's it's it's beautiful, beautiful. That's all I can say. Hi dot co. H I dot C O. Yep. And then while we're talking about platforms that are you know just so well done, uh, earlier this week. Um, I received a uh, an email from my good friend Rob Woodbridge. Nice. Um, uh, via memoir. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. You got that. Good. Uh, I got that. So you know, basically a week ago yesterday. Yeah. Rob and I were both in San Francisco. Um, a year ago yesterday. A year ago. A year ago yesterday, and there it is, presented from memoir. I know. You know, amazing stuff. It just popped See? up. It popped up. It showed me all the pictures because we, we were doing it. We were doing the LBMA event at uh, Edelman. That's right. And I have all those pictures. And uh, that was our brunch overlooking the city. See? I, and again, like with these apps for me, like even Foursquare, yeah. you know, that location history, you know, sort of just, you know, being able to present ideas and, 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 and events and things, you know, based on a timeline. I love that stuff. Well, you know what, Asif, I, I use memoir every day. Every time I get a little notification, it says, you know, you have a notification. This is what happened a year, two, three, four years ago. I mean, I'm unearthing pictures of my kids that I forgot about four years ago, yeah. those kind of things. So I, I yeah. use this. If I'm you the guys, same with Heyday. I use Heyday. I, I, so do I. Those two oh. are my, my go-to. Yeah. Anyway, like if you're not using one of those, it's amazing what it unearths. And it just gives you a moment to remember of the things, your travels and, and the things that you've done. So I, I shared one with Asif there. There you go. Oh, man. 
All right, those are the 10 stories that we believe and a little bit more that we believe are were so important this past week. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, Robin on tether.tv or Seif at the LBMA.com. We're going to be talking about uh, the three stories we're going to be covering a little bit deeper is the Major League Baseball and the future of the in-venue, uh, location-aware, contextualized app. I think it's amazing what they've done. We're going to dive into the good data, the good, the bad, and the ugly there. And of course, this whole idea of uh, voice ads and interacting with audio ads where you actually do a challenge and response. So X app or zap. Uh, and uh, we're going to be talking about that. But before we do that, uh, listen, I believe in the value uh, for value model for content. And that's why I love patreon.com. Uh, I don't know if you've been to patreon.com. There are some great stories up there. There's some great content creators. And it's not just podcasts or videos. It's content creators like uh, book writers and uh, comic book writers. Check them out at patreon.com. Um, mm. it, uh, it allows anyone to support independent content, just like what you are listening to here. This is independent content. Asif and I get together once a week and we do this independently. We've done this for 176 consecutive weeks. We are crazy for doing this for free. But if you want to contribute to this, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash untether to support this week in location-based marketing, to support untether.tv. We'd appreciate it. Only if you find value. If you don't find value, you can't afford it, don't worry. Please, just come back and listen to the show. That is also our currency. You can give us a five-star rating in the wherever you download this. Or you can send us an email or give us a call even if you'd like. Just let us know what you think of the show. But, you know, nothing, nothing, nothing sounds better than a little bit of ching-ching, cling-cling. Go to patreon.com forward slash untether. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash untether. And you can contribute. I think there's another thing that they contribute to, right? Right, to see if there's something that we're That's writing. Right. We're just using the little pen. We're doing it longhand, which is without the computer. I'm writing every word out. Old school, yeah. Old school. Um, yeah, we've got book. this new book that uh, Rob and I have been working on called People, Places, Media. And if you just go to peopleplacesmedia.com, you can sign up there to get the first chapter for free, which should be coming out you know, what, in, maybe next week, even oh, if, yes. if, if all goes well. Yes. Um, but yeah, um, we're excited about it. We've been working hard to uh, to get this thing uh, done, and um, yeah, a lot of people uh, have been encouraging us to to do this. So check it out: peopleplacesmedia.com. Sign up, get the first chapter for free. Yeah, great. And then go over to Patreon.com/slash/untether and and pay for it. Bah. All right, uh, that is our plea. We're going to come back with our three stories and, of course, our resource of the week. But before we get into that, I want to uh, set the stage for this, our guest, Rafi, who is out of Paris. Uh, these guys have been working on the problem around sensors and wearables and Internet of Things since 2003, even before that. Um, and they have what I think is a very innovative platform that uh, this is what Rafi's going to be talking about right now. If you'd like some more information about what these guys are doing, go to Sense. That's sen.se we've talked about their platform called mother rafi is a smart guy he's got a smart team this is one of the most innovative approaches i've seen to the internet of things and the way that we consume these wearable devices so please stick around watch rafi right now and come back on the flip side for a longer discussion about those three stories here's rafi what do, what differentiates what you guys are doing from from the the, the folks that are putting things on wrists uh, first, because we don't believe that um, that you need to have one device and uh, for one function, and this thing doesn't scale. Uh, uh, I mean, if if you we, we we take back the process, I mean, the thinking process we went through uh, to to get into what what, what we are doing. The idea was uh, what changes if we want people to have fifty or hundred devices at home. So the, the first thing was, do we believe that people are going to buy 50 to 100 devices at $200 or $100 and $200 a pop for every need they have, one for their dog, one for their for every window, uh, one for everything? And are there uh, as many needs in our daily lives that are worth a dedicated uh, object? Um, uh, and we thought that no, that the 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 model that suited best this 
the paradigm that, that suited best the, these things was the, the mobile app uh, paradigm where you download uh, an application and you use it uh, for a couple of hours, a couple of minutes or a lifetime and uh, it serves as a need. It might be a very short or it might be just a, a ridiculous need, but you, I mean, nobody cares because it, it costs a few nickels and, and, and you have it and you're not supposed to have it. But if you apply that to hardware, there are very few needs and, and pieces of hardware that, that deserve that. Uh, then, you know, on, from, on a practical standpoint, uh, if you have 50 or 100 devices, you will, uh, you will get the problem of the, the, the big, big bottleneck, which is the motivation of users. Mm -hmm. So when people had uh, the number of devices is scarce like you have a pc and an iphone and a, i don't know um, a tablet a, a television or whatever and, and a tablet uh devices are scarce so you are motivated like to to charge batteries every day which is uh, uh, something you cannot do if you have 50 or 100 uh, devices you cannot uh, you cannot think of pushing a button on your device to synchronize data with the with the with the cloud and you cannot do that a hundred of times even think of learning how devices work because you can do that when you have a few devices with which you interact on a very regular basis but you have the more devices you have the the, the less you're going to interact directly with the devices and you don't have to, you cannot even want to learn how they work and even easy to use is not easy enough uh, you just need to to ignore them completely and 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 the human um, machine interface completely disappears because the machine dis disappears and you just have uh, normal behavior um, uh, things like programming devices cannot scale if you want to, if you need more things uh, I mean, when people uh, program their, uh, I don't know, their, their garden watering uh, installation was saying, well, you need to, to water the garden between such and such, uh, between, I don't know, uh, four and five, etc. Uh, you do it once and then you forget how you do it and you never do it again. Imagine doing that with lots of devices telling this, these are our, our habits, this is what we want. You're not, you're never going to do that or you're going to do that once and it's going to change and life and habits and routines are going to change and one day it's not going to to be accurate and you will let it go because you're not motivated enough to change so motivation is a very very important key issue so if you look at all the devices that are out there on the market most of them rely on the fact that you are motivated enough to first charge the batteries uh, every couple of weeks if not less that you are are going to push a button or do something to synchronize it with your Bluetooth phone, that you are going to launch the, 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 the app on, the, uh, on your iPhone and do lots of things. I mean, create, they create new routines into your life just because you have the device and introducing new routines in people's lives uh, is, uh, is the hardest thing to do. I mean, you cannot, uh, I mean, this is the real bottleneck. You can solve a lot of technical problems in life, but changing people's routines on a on a on a uh, on a long period of time is uh, is something you, you you will not be able to do. And and finally, from a marketing standpoint, and if you want to measure things uh, in in people's life. Uh, for, uh, uh, you don't want to have the device standing in the way and uh, and altering what you are measuring. Are you are you measuring uh, the the routine the device had created, or are you are you sure you're just getting the full picture that is unaltered by what you are taking? So is uh, I mean there's a difference between making a selfie and and having a camera taking a picture of you whenever you're not uh, expecting it. Uh, you're not expecting right uh, if you want to have accurate data data must be must be measured on long periods of time uh, uh, with significant and non-significant moments uh, in your life so that you can know what is normal and what is not normal you don't have, need to have peaks and, and lows and nothing in the middle so all these are uh, the the facts we, we 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 thought about by making what we're doing so so I don't know if we have solved all the problems, but we got as close as we could.
That is Rafi. If you're interested in that company, go to Sense, S-E-N.S-E. They are, uh, they've opened up their developer platform. They're looking to create this ecosystem of applications on top of their uh, sensors. I just love it. It was innovative when we covered it a number of months ago when we first found out about them. It's still innovative to me, uh, even more so after sitting down and uh, obviously having the conversation with Rafi. That episode is live right now on Untether.tv, episode 507. So please check out that if you found that of any value. And the transcript for that will be up uh, next week. So if you just want to read it, you can wait till next week to uh, to sit down and read that. Great, 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 fascinating guy. Love him. Love the company. Sense. S-E-N.S-E. -S -E. All right. Three stories. Why don't we kick this there off? A little bit of a deeper dive. Uh, our first story that we're going to look at is this in-stadium uh, application that MLB has put out. These guys are so far advanced. Uh, compared to any other uh, professional sports association. Everybody should be looking at these guys as a model. But this is, I think, the blueprint for what is going to happen in the stadium come, uh, you know, I don't know, next year, the next two years. I, I think that what they've uh, managed to accomplish in such a short period of time at uh, Major League Baseball Advanced Media, MLB Advanced Media, is unbelievable. Uh, this really does change the face of the game inside the uh, stadium and outside of the stadium. I'm a subscriber, diehard subscriber to their Major League Baseball TV application. It costs me 100 bucks a year, and I get video, high, HD video stream for every single baseball game. And now they've just added the, uh, that experience inside of the stadium and amplified it. Uh, this, this is how the experience should be. They, they're not running from the fact that everybody's looking down at their devices. They're embracing it, right? Absolutely. I mean, you know, the you know, MLB AM is just, as you said, it's like the gold standard for, uh, you know, what, uh, you know, what sports teams and, and, and leagues should be doing across the board around this kind of stuff. And, you know, from a location perspective, um, you know, we look at it, I mean, at the LBMA, we've got a number of teams that are members, you know, we've got obviously Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment here in Toronto, LA Galaxy, you know, the Celtics, you know, a bunch of different uh, teams in different leagues. Um, you know, and all of them, I would say, you know, are certainly embrace technology uh, to some extent. These guys are, are, you know, the ones who have joined the LBMA. You know, you have to say they're forward thinkers, right? <laughs> um, because they're they're interested. They're 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 seeking what's happening with location uh, technology and trying to figure out how to how to deploy it. I mean, look at what the, the Sacramento Kings have been doing with the Crowd Optics Google Glass technology and all that kind of stuff that we've talked about. So that's pretty interesting. But when it comes to a stadium. And it comes to you know how do we how do we equip an environment you know for a fan experience that is you know touches all aspects of how we how we deliver content to them and how we merchandise to them uh, you know and, and and how we can tie all that together you know no one's really done it to the extent that you know MLB AM is doing it here um, and I love this because years ago. You know, we, you remember we talked about um, it's probably like maybe episode five or something, like way, way, way back. Like I'm talking more than three years ago. You know, we we talked about the uh, the test that uh, Goala had done yep. at the time with um, the, the New, New Jersey, Jersey Nets. Nets. The New Jersey Nets, yeah. and people thought that was pretty cool. Um, you know, and they, you could check in, you can win tickets to the game, and it's the New Jersey Nets, so they had trouble filling the seats and all of that, right? But if you remember, Rob, like at the time, I, I said, well, that's great. But what about all this other stuff in the stadium? Like, you know, where are you right now? And, you know, as you come up to the hot dog stand, you get an offer for, you know, uh, you know, save 50 cents if you buy a combo instead of, you know, your thing because it knows you're there. And then, you know, tying that into the program guide where, you know, like there might be something you can scan or some kind of AR piece, you know, that's layered into the program guide that, you know, kind of digitizes the experience beyond just the paper, you know, and then connectivity between what's happening on the mobile device and the big jumbotron and all that kind of stuff. And none of that has really all sort of come together yet. And even here, you know, MLB AM hasn't done all of that yet, but they've certainly gone the furthest yeah. in making that possible by, by connecting these stadiums, putting these beacons all over the place um, and, and starting to build that kind of functionality, that HD streaming and, and all that capability into their app. Um, so I, you know, no one can do, no one's doing it better. And MapQuest, you know, which is the part of this thing. I love this. Right? I mean, we've been working with MapQuest for a while now here at the LBMA and, you know, these guys, they're, they're quietly behind the scenes 
powering so much big data around locations and, and uh, real-time traffic and navigation, working with brands, all, you know, MLB obviously now, but, you know, Papa John's, I know they do a lot of work with, you know, with them. I know they do a lot of work in the hotel industry. Um, you know, and these guys like to, to kind of like just make this fun experience and capture the essence of, you know, uh, a new season here and letting you, you the fan, you know, change and customize the colors and the scheme of, of, of your, your mapping application, you know, and have your, your logo be your car as you described. I mean, it's just, it's just good stuff. You know, this, it always reminds me, you know, that this, this mobile experience for, for the first time, because of mobile, because of location, you have the ability to uh, create a little bit more anticipation for the actual uh, game for, for, you know, it's not just about getting to the stadium. You know, right. uh, it's not just being stuck in traffic and getting to the stadium and then the experience starts when the game starts. So that's what I think MLB AM understands is that it is a, a full and you're, you're building anticipation. So by working with somebody like MapQuest to, you know, you launch the app before you leave. Right. So that's when the experience begins exactly. at that moment. Right. It, it's not it's not when you're stuck in traffic. You're, you're, you're moving your way to the game. You're moving your way to the stadium. And it doesn't begin right when the game, when the first pitch is thrown. It, it, it starts from the moment that you're actually about to leave your house. And I think as, as, if you extend that experience from there to the time you get back from the game, you've done a great job. There's many, many opportunities to interact with those, uh, with the brands in that way. And you've created this great, favorable love for that experience. And, you know, not many of us have uh, Major League Baseball stadiums in our backyard. So it, it really is an experience every time we get to go to a game. And, and I think that that's one of the great things about this MapQuest relationship. The other thing that it reminds me of is uh, good friends uh, Willow Tree apps and what they've done with the now yeah. the former New Jersey Nets and now the Brooklyn Nets and, and, the, uh, and what they did with the Barclays Center. It's the same kind of stuff. You know, it, it, just, it just shows the innovation is happening here. They've add, added context and new feeds, video feeds while you're in the stadium, uh, merchandising opportunities. And I think that that's what uh, MLB just seems to own it. Um, no matter what you say about the commissioner, he could be a dick. He's, he cost me my franchise in Montreal. I'll never, ever, 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 ever forgive him for that. Um, but he seems to have a good grasp on what he needs to do. And he's created this, this organization called MLB Advanced Media. And they're doing video games. They're doing this kind of stuff. They're doing streaming technology. It's just it's a media company of the future. I'm so impressed. Awesome. MLBAM.com. And uh, WillatroyApps.com. We love them as well. We do. All right. If you're listening, hi guys. Hi. All right. Uh, yeah. Hi. Hi. Hi from Ottawa, and Toronto. Um, all all right. right. Why don't you take the, listen? The good data is an interesting play. I I, oh. uh, I think that this is fascinating. Hopefully, hopefully this can get off the ground. Gets enough support. Well, I mean, Rob and I, you know, we talk like I, virtually every week. We talk about how much we love data, right? Yes. Um, and we talk about you know we've talked about this privacy issue you know so many times uh, on this show. And here we have you know a, a story, a, a technology that's that's coming out saying, look, you know, your data is your data. Your data is valuable. You own it. You should own it. Take you know take control of it. You know, let people use it, but you know, understand where where it's going. And and so I love that they've set this up as a cooperative. Number one, um, you know, the, the other piece that, that that you didn't mention in the opening piece is is that any proceeds that are made from right. the use of this data go to support Kiva dot org. Um, you know, which is another phenomenal, phenomenal company. And and uh, Jessica, if you're listening, Jessica Jackley, uh, one of the founders uh, of Kiva, a friend of mine. Um, you know, this if you were anything to do with putting this deal together, amazing, amazing, amazing stuff. So yeah, um, so you know, I just, I just love, I love the fact that you know, and it, it kind of, well, let me, let me take a step back. This thing leads to this whole, this whole sense that we understand our data is increasingly valuable. Consumers are are are, are starting to take control of that and want to be in control of that. Um, you know, and it's creating this space that we've referred to a few times on the show of what's called personal data vaulting, right? Uh, and there's a few other companies. This is a different approach that the good data is taking here. But you know, companies like uh, Personal and Simply and, and others that have launched these data vault systems, where you know, in those models, you put your data in there, and when somebody, when a when an advertiser uses it, you get paid in a mm -hmm. microtransaction, which is cool too. But here you have, you know, a whole different approach to it, a whole different view that says, look, put your data in here. Nobody owns this data except for you guys as a collective. Um, you know, it's for the greater good, as in, the, you know, the name implies. Um, and it, when it does get used by, by marketers that you approve, 
you know, those proceeds of whatever, you know, whatever the, the, the cooperation makes from that go to support a nonprofit called Kiva, which is all about helping, you know, people start businesses in other countries and third world countries and all this kind of stuff. So I don't know. I mean, I, I just hope this thing takes off because it's just, you know, the notion of what it tries to do is so noble. It, it's so, you know, it, it's really cool. It's just amazing. You know, this is, uh, I, I, I echo that completely. And, you know, my, my one statement on this is that um, when it comes to data and privacy and protection, everybody has always approached it from a commercial side, right? So that mm -hmm. I'll pay somebody to house my data and do what I, what, you know, protect my data. And, um, and I think that there's always a concern, especially even when you, when you give it away for free, like in Facebook or Google, or you are the product as a result of you using a product for free, like Gmail. Uh, you know, there's there's no protection for you. There's a corporation right. that is using your data to make money off of you, and and I think for the first time, and for the first time, this is about trust. This is about trusting the place where your data can can live and reside. And and uh, right now, I don't know that there's a lot of trust with all of these guys. I don't trust Facebook. I don't trust Google. Google is not a nice company. They're a for-profit, for-profit, publicly traded company with pressures for revenue and profit. Right. So same thing with Facebook. So th there is no nice anymore in any of these companies. So it'd be nice to have a safe haven for your data. And uh, I just hope that these guys can, uh, this yeah. cooperative can can take off. So and it's not it's not widely available yet. It's no. only in private beta. Yeah. So uh, you do have to uh, you know probably sign up to uh, to be part of that beta. Uh, and then they, they say in the next couple of months it'll be uh, it'll be available to to all. Fascinating. Check it out, please. The, the good data. The good data. The good data, just like that. All right. Uh, All right. When I was in, in California, in fact, uh, for that trip about a year ago, uh, I was at, at a uh, mobile summit, and uh, one of the mobile one of the presenters there was Nuance, and they had announced at that point. I think I, we talked about it on a show, and I ridiculed it, and I still do. This idea of audio ads um, and interactive ads with voice, voice controlled ads. So these are ads that you have to interact with, and I believe that I said that the greatest thing that could ever come of this thing is the way that they filter noise in a noisy room out of the conversation and be able to distill, focus in on a voice. And I still think that that's the best technique technology that Nuance has built. But here's a company called XAP or Zap uh, that is working with NPR because NPR realized one day that hey those banner ads that they're putting on their on their uh, on their in their app don't work because nobody's looking at the screen. It just, you know, I don't know who had the uh, the foresight or that thought um, because it's genius. I mean, obvious that obvious I'm not looking at my screen while I'm listening to NPR or any podcast or any radio station. So, uh, you know, this is I'm conflicted here because the X app approach is listen, we're going to do audio audio ads, which they're just ads, folks. But these are interactive ads where your voice tells them what you want or you don't want. So you can interact. If I want to order pizza, I could It says order now. Or if I want a brochure or download an application, all I have to do is give a one keyword and it will it will initiate it for me. So I, I'm, I'm kind of torn. Um, from a mobile smartphone perspective, this is just dumb, I believe. Um, but you have a different approach. You think that it might not be so smart on the smartphone, but see if you think it would work where? Well, I mean, I, for me, you know, this is this is uh, kind of just leads to the whole connected car space, right? And um, you know, it's a space that I'm super positive and hot on right now. I know yep. you are too. Yep. Uh, you know, I've spent some time with some of the car manufacturers in the last few weeks, uh, and they're obviously, you know, all sort of running, you know, ragged trying to figure out, you know, what technology, who to partner with. Um, so there's big, there's lots of discussion and lots of movement going on in the space. The but we know voice is is what it's all about when we're talking about a car, right? I mean, yes. everything's hands free. We know Apple. We talked about CarPlay a few weeks ago, and and that move in to bring, you know, the full, you know, iPhone, um, you know, tablet type of uh, OS directly into the car nav screen. Uh, we talked about Siri's relationship to that. We talked about Microsoft launching their, you know, their competitive version to to Siri. Uh, this is all about voice command, right? And so, if I'm listening to radio in my car. Uh, I'm listening to NPR or whatever it is, um, you know, and, you know, whatever the audio stream is that's coming in and I can get an ad, uh, you know, or an ad, an ad is presented to me in, in a, uh, you know, in, in a verbal way. And I, and I do want to respond to that. I, I, you know, I think it's, it's logical, especially in that context where you have a screen, you know, right in front of you because you're driving um, and you're moving and you can look at it and you can, you can, you, because I don't know about you, Rob, but like when I'm in the car, 
right? And I'm listening to, you know, the, the Blue Jays, you know, game or whatever it is. I'm still looking at that screen, yeah. right? I'm still looking at that screen, even though it's just telling me the, uh, you know, what, what the, uh, what the score is, or it's telling me, you know, what the, what the, uh, the call sign is for the radio station or whatever it is. Yep. I'm yep. still looking at it. Yep. Right. So you're not looking at it all the time. You're glancing at it. I'm glancing at yeah. it. Right. But I do, I mean, if, if, if an ad pops up, you know, like I, I, I would glance, you know, if it's something I'm interested in. Right. Mm-hmm. And I would look at it and say, you know, a voice command potentially if it's something I want. So I can see this technology coming into into that environment. I think this is a much harder thing to do in a, on a mobile phone. I agree. I, you know, and, and I think that there's a potential here inside of the car for contextual, highly contextual ads based on what I'm listening to. Uh, so you understand a little bit about my preferences, but also based on my location, based on whatever it is that you want to do, weather, everything that we talk about. Um, but I just think that there isn't that depth of ads available at this moment. So you have to build a platform of, of great number of ads in order for it to be able to be contextually re- relevant as you're going down the DVP, you know, in traffic at 4.30. Like, you don't care yep. about wooden floors at that moment, or a very small percentage of people do. But if you're listening to the game, or you're on your way to a Jays game, or a, a Leafs game, there's context that's been provided to that. And, and I think that you have to understand that in order to be able, and there has to be a large number of ads in order to be able to uh, accommodate this. So, that's like the only challenge I have is that I don't I don't want to you know when I'm walking on my smartphone I don't want to talk I don't like ads right so I don't want to talk to an ad and, mm-hmm. and same feeling around nuance I believe that this technology is very cool don't get me wrong this is amazing I think that this is a test to see what else where else it fits much better um, but I just uh, you, you know it could work inside of radio stations and I think that this is the whole two way piece of radio is that yeah. what if you're listening to the radio and at, at that moment it said okay here's a quick poll for all our readers out there all our, our listeners out there you know who's going to win the game say Jays or say Yankees and then you could do it that yes. way so that there's real time yes. interaction with the radio station and I believe that would be freaking awesome in the car right yeah so. I just, you know, we're trying to monetize space, and I think that that's a very difficult thing to do at this moment, um, especially with ads that I have to talk to, because I, you know, nobody likes talking on the phone. The last thing I want to do is talk on my, talk to an ad. That's just, that's just my feeling. Yeah, and I think, but I think it's different, right, between a mobile phone and a car, yes. right? Yep. I think when you're on a phone, you're on. I mean, we pick up this thing because when we're checking email. Or you know we're looking at our calendar, or we're doing something yes. on it, right? Yeah. Um, and I, do I want to interrupt that to speak to my phone to say you know order a pizza? Probably not, right? But when I'm in a car, you know I'm driving. Yep. And I'm I'm kind of somewhat distracted too because I've got the radio on or something else on, and we do listen to the advertising. I I think yep. you know in, in in a car you know way more than we than we pay attention to an ad on a mobile phone. I agree. Right. Um, and, and so I think you know it makes sense in that context. But um, yeah, I agree. With, I agree with your points too. I, you know, and I and I think that use case you just described is brilliant. So uh, there you go. Yeah. That's worth a there buck. It's worth at least a buck. It's like worth like a dollar twenty-five, maybe dollar fifty. But you know, I don't want to dissuade. You know, this is innovative technology. So if you want to to look a little bit more into this, uh, X App Media. That's X A P P Media dot com. X app media. My guess is that, that this is a, an entry point to do what they really want to do. There you All go. Right. Deep dive into three stories. Major League Baseball, and the way that they're doing the uh, advanced media group, the way that they're doing it in the stadiums is the future of uh, live, uh, live events. Uh, the good data, protecting your data, uh, being adroit with your data, and then, of course, X app and the X app media and NPR and uh, voice and talking ads. Interesting. God, what, a, what, a, what a breadth. I like that. The only thing left we have to do uh, is uh, take a look at this resource of the week, which is a white paper asif done by Placeable. Yes, it's uh, yeah, it's a really cool paper. Uh, it's available on the LVMA website under the research tab, so you can go there to get it. Um, and uh, yeah, there's some interesting insights in this. So one of the stats in here says 73% of consumers say they lose trust in a brand when the online listing shows incorrect information. Wow. Wow, right? Um, and we are then fickle. One, Humans are fickle. I know. We're so easily swayed. I know. Um, and then more, 60% of consumers, more than 60% of consumers said they would go to a competitor if they received a special offer while searching for a specific business. 
So we know that to be true. We've seen lots of data to support that kind of stuff and how easily we can be moved from one place to the other. But here's some new data to back it up uh, from a great LBMA company, uh, Placeable. And uh, we love these guys. And so go check it out, thelbma.com forward slash research. I like it. It's a great white paper and, and it doesn't cost any money. No. No, it's free. So why aren't you downloading it right now? thelbma.com forward slash research. Right. Well, that uh, we just killed episode 176. Um, my last little thing is that, you see, I've got a little uh, health axiom here. Uh, I don't know if you can read that. It says, do what makes you happy. That's a good health axiom right there. And you, you, can, you can get these at healthaxioms.com. The reason I put that out there is because I love doing this. I love doing this podcast. I love doing Untethered.tv. I love interacting with you, Asif. I love interacting with everybody who's listening. It's one of the greatest things. It's one of the greatest things that you can possibly... Uh, I never th thought that I would find joy in doing this in the media space, but I have and I love it very much. And that is why something like Patreon.com is so important for these kind of things. It's a value for value. If you feel that we've contributed to your day, not wasted it, and if you're this far into this, hearing my soppy plea, man, we really appreciate it. We'd appreciate it, though, if you went to patreon.com forward slash untether, throw up a couple of bucks, let us know that way that you really appreciate what we're doing, or just reach out, rob at untether.tv or seif at thelbma.com. Please let us know how we're doing, uh, because as I said, I'm doing, I really am doing what makes me happy. And uh, if it's making you guys any money and if it's creating value for you guys, please let us know. That's all we're asking. There's our currency. But we'll be back for 177 next week. Hopefully, you'll come back as well. Less baseball. Season will begin. No hockey because the seasons will be over. Uh, but we will be back here at uh, for episode 177. Asif, anything else to say? I'm all out. All right, folks, thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Later. <laughs>